Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 90. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Hi, Fire Nation. Before we kick off, I want to let you guys know that I've created a video that will take you through the process of buying your domain, installing WordPress, and creating your first post all in under seven minutes. Visit entrepreneuronfire.com slash blue to find out how to access this great video and take your entrepreneurial leap today. Okay, let's get started. I am simply electrified to introduce my guest today, Jason Falls. Jason, are you prepared to ignite? I'm always prepared. Let's All go. right. <laughs> Jason is an author, keynote speaker, and CEO. He continues to be a name that surfaces at or near the top of conversations and lists of thought leaders in the emerging world of social media marketing, and for good reason. He is one of the few industrial professionals with awards for social media strategy under his belt, having won a 2009 Sammy Award for his work on the Jim Beam Remake Project. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Jason, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about you personally, we want to get to know you, and then take another minute and give us an overview of your business. Sure. So, um, and I, this might be a unique one for you because my business just just shifted. Uh, but uh, right. let me give you the let me give the backdrop a little bit. I am a a writer, sort of by craft and calling, but a, a public relations guy by trade. And uh, I did uh, about fifteen years in sports journalism and sports PR. I was a college <gasps> athletics sports information guy, is what they called us. And what that meant was, is I got to I kept stats at ball games. I coordinated uh, coverage of our athletic uh, events with the media and um, and then wrote ballgame stories and, and developed media guides and, and uh, you know press releases and media game notes and and then eventually got into developing websites which was sort of the precursor to what I do now uh, because I was always managing my own websites and online communications for all these athletic departments I worked for and then when I got out of college athletics in 2005 2006 uh, I landed at um, an advertising agency called Anderson in Louisville, Kentucky, which is a uh, quite a fascinating place and has yeah. been the agency of record for Maker's Mark Bourbon for a long time. Mm. And if anybody's ever encountered an advertisement or a communication from Maker's Mark, they know that it's got a very unique look and feel and there's a real sort of cool vibe uh, that comes from that brand. So I got to actually work on the Maker's Mark brand for a while, but I was a I was a PR guy who had a background in digital marketing and and had been experimenting personally with social media blogging and so on and so forth. And so I started asking those questions. Why aren't we talking to our customers uh, via blogs and social networks and whatnot? And nobody really had uh, a real firm grip on what I was saying, but my CEO, Dave Wilkins at the time, and then uh, his uh, successor, Todd Spencer, uh, who's now the CEO of Doe Anderson, both said to me, man, if you can sell it, you can do it. So figure it out and make smart recommendations to our clients and you've got yourself a new job. And I went from PR account manager to director of social media to VP and director of interactive in a span of about probably two years. Um, it was a very fast explosion because our clients were saying, hey, we want this social media stuff. We don't know what it is, but keep bringing it to us. Um, and so I went from basically nobody having a clue who I was 
to people across the social media world knowing who I was because I was not only doing some cool things with clients, but I was also uh, doing it in the spirits industry, which is regulated. And that sort of asterisk that, hey, this guy's doing this in a regulated industry sort of made conferences start to take note and say, hey, why don't you come speak to us and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I was just trying to do smart stuff for my clients and all of a sudden turned around one day and I was a social media, whatever you want to call people like me, expert bag. I don't know. I've heard a lot of different, <laughs> a lot of different, a lot of different explanations of what, what we are, but I was, I was consulting. I was working with clients on social media. And then in 2009, I decided that, um, I wanted to go out on my own and build my own business and be an entrepreneur around the, the concept of being a consultant slash speaker slash author, and then parlay that eventually into building an agency. And so that's what I've done. So social media explorer, uh, which is my business, um, or my, uh, was my practice primary business. Now I have two, and I'll explain that in a minute. Um, basically started out as an independent consultancy. Um, when I left O. Anderson, it was the name of my company. It had been the name of my blog, so it technically started out as just a blog. Right. Um, and so I uh, started advising clients, whatnot. And then uh, last year, I partnered up with Nicole Kelly, uh, who had her own consultancy, and we sort of formed an agency around uh, social media and digital marketing and have started to grow that. Um, and then I realized, and this is a weird, uh, because the, the, time, the timing is so compressed, uh, because I, Nicole and I had been partners for about nine months when I decided, you know what, Nicole's the right person to actually build this agency. I'm not best suited to do that. Of the two of us, she is much better suited to build the agency. So I actually stepped aside as the CEO of my own company and said, Nicole, take the reins. You grow it. You build it. And let me sit back here and contribute in meaningful ways, but stay out of the way because I felt like I was going to get in the way and and wasn't going to be as successful as it could be. Um, and that sort of coincided with a, a really cool opportunity to uh, join the team at Cafe Press, which many people have heard of. It's a large um, place where you can go and you know customize and personalize uh, the clothes you wear, swag. Yeah, yeah, lots of different things. I mean, you can you can put your own logo on a piece of jewelry, on a T-shirt, on a mouse pad, coffee mug, whatever, iPhone case, etc. And so uh, they were building out a full corporate headquarters here in my hometown of Louisville, and they came to me and said, "Hey, we'd like to talk to you about helping us." And and that conversation led to, "Okay, we'd like to talk to you about helping us on a full time basis." And so I'm now VP. For for digital strategy for Cafe Press Inc., uh, which oversees CafePress.com and several other properties, um, and am still involved, uh, although in a, uh, a much smaller way with Social Media Explorer. Man, those are some powerful insights, Jason. I just love how you shared with us how you stepped to the side as the CEO of your own company because it wasn't exactly your strengths, and you let Nicole Kelly step up and really take that to maximize the productivity and the efficiency, and that's just such a difficult move for many people to take, but it's just such a smart move in your situation. It's allowed you to go on, expand your horizons, and get involved with something like Cafe Press, which is such a powerful place, and I've been there before, and I've used it with Entrepreneur on Fire, and you can create your own store, you can have your own webpage that people go directly to where they can actually shop at the Entrepreneur on Fire store, so to speak, or whatever business you have. So it's just a really exciting on-demand place. And I definitely look forward to delving into that and more things later in the interview. But before we do, let's take a step back. We love to start Entrepreneur on Fire off with a success quote, something to get the motivational ball rolling. And you've already done that on this interview, and I really appreciate that. So Let's continue that ball 
rolling down the hill of motivation with your success quote? Okay. So my success quote comes from, as, as you might imagine, all my years in college athletics, I was around a lot of coaches. Yeah. And coaches are great motivational speakers, uh, typically, and they always are pulling quotes or, or making up their own. And so, I worked with a gentleman. He was my one of my one of the great bosses I've ever had. Uh, he was the athletic director at a little uh, school in in Kentucky called Georgetown College. It's a small private uh, Baptist liberal art institution. Uh, he was the athletic director there, and and many people may remember uh, Jake Bell uh, was his name. Jake was a longtime Southeastern Conference basketball referee. So if you were a a big SEC basketball fan or a basketball fan in the South, you probably saw Jake back in the 70s and 80s. He was a legendary official. So he was my boss at Georgetown College, and he used to say when someone would make a mistake, if it happens once, shame on it. If it happens twice, shame on you. And I've never forgotten that quote. It just is emblazoned in my memory because we all make mistakes, and we make them on a regular basis. I make probably 20 a day. Um, and still to this day, as, as refined and as mature and as experienced as I like to think I am, I am continually making mistakes. Obviously, I have a much better attitude about making mistakes now because I know that mistakes help you learn. They help you get better, so on and so forth. But when you're young, when you're in your 20s, you don't ever you – know, you're, you're afraid of, of making mistakes. And so especially for you younger folks out there in the audience, I think if you remember that quote, if it happens once, shame on it. If it happens twice, shame on you. It holds you accountable for learning from your mistakes. If you do it twice, it's your fault. If you do it once – it, it just happens. That happens. We're all going to run into those. And, and mistakes are not always something that you can point a finger at and lay blame on, and you don't need to all the time. But, man, if you do the same thing twice, yeah, that, that's going to fall back on you. Well, what I really want to pull out of that, Jason, is that even at this point in your career with your experience, knowledge, and expertise, you're still making mistakes. And that's just one thing that entrepreneurs need to grapple with and really need to accept is that you're going to make mistakes every day as an entrepreneur. And if you aren't, you better check what you're doing because if you're not making mistakes, you're not pushing the envelope. You're not really testing your limits as an entrepreneur with your business. And that means you're not going to evolve because we evolve by making mistakes, learning from that, getting the feedback from the customers, the support that we have around us. So thank you for sharing that with Fire Nation. It's such a valuable topic and it's a perfect lead into our next topic, which is failure which are challenges, obstacles that we have to overcome as entrepreneurs on a daily basis. Take us to a point in your journey as an entrepreneur where you failed, where you came against an obstacle that you had to overcome with and share with Fire Nation how you overcame that obstacle. Sure. Oh, man, there's a, a couple come to mind, but probably the biggest one. I had a really good client, uh, and this was when I was an independent consultant, so I didn't have a, t- a team of people that I was managing or working with at that point. It was just me. Yep. Um, and this was a, a year and a half or so ago. Um, I, my first book uh, was about to come out. I was getting ready to travel quite a bit to support that book. Um, I had a really good client that I had a really good relationship with. I developed a strategy for them. We had started to launch some executions of that strategy. Everything was going great. And then I, I sort of said, okay, now I'm going to be traveling a little bit for my book. So we're going to have to do a lot of virtual, uh, a lot of phone calls, et cetera, et cetera, instead of face-to-face stuff. Right. But, but we can manage this. And so I made the mistake of assuming 
that they understood what those implications were and they were comfortable with it. And so I went on my book tour and about a month or so into the book tour, um, I was you know doing my weekly phone calls with them and everything was going fine. And then all of a sudden, one weekly phone call got rescheduled and then I tried to follow up and I couldn't really get a hold of anybody. And before I knew it, three or four weeks had passed and we hadn't had a real good working session. And I didn't think much of it because all of the metrics coming back from the campaign were good. And so I thought, well, they're just satisfied, right? The the web traffic's up, the conversions are up, they're getting the exposure they want. Everything that we predicted would happen has happened positively, and so I have a satisfied customer. And I came back home uh, off of one of my little short little jaunts to promote the book um, and had a uh, uh, an email waiting on me to let me know that, that I'd been re- relieved of duties, that wow. I, they, they no longer wanted to work with me. And it was a real shock to my system because I thought, why? The metrics are great. Um, Yeah, we've missed a couple of weekly phone calls here, but that's part of working through sort of the virtual thing. And they were just really uncomfortable with me not being present and accounted for. Uh, in in the flesh, and so that's you know part of of the learnings that you have to go through when you're when you are a virtual employee or a virtual consultant, um, and you have to kind of get a good feel for whether or not the organization is really comfortable with that environment. And these folks weren't, and they didn't have a real good way of expressing it. And so I lost a really good client, um, and lost you know quite frankly, uh, quite honestly, a fair amount of of money every month too uh, from that client. And um, I mean, I was I survived. It wasn't a, a a huge financial impact on me, but it 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 was really more that it hurt my feelings because I really got along with them and and the ideas that I had for them were good and they were successful with them. And so I think what the the lesson that that taught me or that reminded me of because I probably knew that lesson. This was probably one of those if it happens twice, shame on you things for right. me. Um, but the lesson that it sort of reminded me of was you can never assume. Uh, that the other person is happy. You have to ask those questions. You have to have checks and balances in place to make sure that your assumptions and that your anecdotal observations uh, are verified. And it's not just seeing uh, a, you know, a hockey stick on the, the Google Analytics. You, you've got to sit down and talk to them and say, how are we doing? Is everything okay? Is there anything we're missing? Is there anything, any questions I haven't been asking that I need to be asking? Is there anything that uh, information that you guys have that I don't that I need to know? How can we get better? How can we make sure everybody's really happy here? And having those sort of human sit-down face-to-face, um, you know, touchy-feely meetings from time to time, especially in a client situation, uh, they're necessary, and you can't avoid them. And if you do, you're going to lose your clients. Jason, let's use that fail that you had to transition to our next topic, which is the other end of the spectrum. Just like every entrepreneur fails and makes mistakes on a daily basis and has challenges We also have these aha moments every day that inspire us, that propel us forward, that make us pivot as we're getting feedback from clients, customers, our target audience. Share with Fire Nation an aha moment, a light bulb that went on in your head at some point in your journey where you said, wow, this is going to resonate with my target audience, with my fans. Tell us how you actually implemented that aha moment and turned it into success. Very early on when I was advising, um, you know, some. Some of, the, some of the spirits clients mm-hmm. uh, that I worked with uh, on on social media, you know, they were continually. These were traditional old school marketers, and they were continually pushing these buttons on. You know, we have to have reach and exposure, and uh, there has to be, you know, uh, you know, 
there, there has to be revenue generated because of our social efforts and so on and so forth. And I think the aha moment for me, specifically with regard to social media and social media marketing, was when I had a new product launch and we did a little blogger outreach to kind of get this new product, this new whiskey in the hands of bloggers and media members and influencers and whatnot. And one of the bloggers just absolutely destroyed uh, the whiskey. Their, their review was just horrid. And the brand was in shock. And they turned to me and said, okay, this is a blogger, so this is a social media person, so we need to let Jason handle it. Fortunately, they let me handle it instead of you know a traditional PR person who at the time probably wouldn't have really known uh, how to do it. But I actually responded to that blogger with a private email, and I said, hey, your your review was unfair, and here's why. And I was very honest um, but polite. I wasn't mad. I wasn't emotional. I was just very fair, honest, and polite. And I said, look, your, your review was unfair, and here's why it was unfair, and, and here's what I want you to, to, to understand from our perspective that, that will, I think, convince you that you might want to rethink this. And I sent that email, and then two days later, the blogger actually posted a new review of the product where he basically came out and apologized for the first one and said, I was wrong. Um, I, I, I judged this brand before I even opened the bottle, and that was the, the wrong thing for me to do. Uh, this brand was marketed and positioned for an audience that was not me, and I didn't take that into account. And uh, if this product is marketed and branded for this particular audience, then here's my real honest assessment of it. And it was a fantastic win. And so that, that aha moment for me was, was that it doesn't matter – how many things you sell. It doesn't matter what your reach and what your goals are. Marketing is always and forever about relationships. And the fact that I reached out to this guy personally and established a personal connection, even though it was a confrontational one at first, and said, look, this is a problem. We don't think this was fair. We don't think this was honest. Bridging that gap and having a human interaction with this person, not treating that person like uh, an influencer target audience or, uh, or an, even a consumer target audience and treating them like a person, having a conversation with them was a huge win for the brand because it made the brand through me seem like a human as well and it made them sort of approach the information a little differently. So as much as you want to talk about uh, reach and and awareness and um, you know how many ticks you have on your uh, on your turnstile and so on and so forth. Marketing is always and forever going to be about relationships, and I think that has been a big driving point in in how I think about not only working with my clients up until a few weeks ago, but now working through Cafe Press and understanding how we communicate with our audience. It's a powerful insight, Jason. On that note, have you had an I've made it moment? Holy crap. No. Um, well, I mean, I've had a lot of little ones, but every time I have a little I've made it moment, I look around and say, I've got so much more to do. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm, there, I'm, I'm, I'm never satisfied. And I think that's one of the things that drives success in just about everyone is once you get to the point where you think you've made it, you see something else that you want to get to. Um, you know, I, there was a time in my life when I thought my goal is to get a good paying job that is not in college athletics. 
Um, and that was when I transitioned out of college athletics PR and wanted to get a job in the mainstream marketing PR world. Now, keep in mind, I'd spent 15 years in sports journalism and public relations, which is a very niche industry and very different from the mainstream. So I was really worried. I thought, will my skill set transfer? Uh, do I have what it takes to work in the mainstream? Am I always going to be limited to this sports niche industry? And so at one point in time, my whole goal was to just get into the mainstream and work at an ad agency. And then I got that job and I looked around and I thought, hey, wait a minute, my skill set does transfer. I can do a lot more than this. So now my next goal is to, you know, really earn a lot of credibility and whatnot for our clients and or uh, I'm going to start throwing these social media ideas out and see if that does something because we're not talking about social media to anybody. Once I started to see pickup on that, you know, I would move that bar a little further down the road. So I'm one of these guys who is constantly thinking what's next, what's next, what's next. And I think that prevents me from stopping and saying, okay, I've made it. Because the minute I sit here and think, okay, I've made it, then my natural human tendency is to want to throw my feet up on the desk, kick back, stick a cigar in my mouth, have some bourbon and think, okay, <laughs> I don't have to work hard anymore. <laughs> the minute you stop working hard, is the minute you fail. Jason, your initial reaction to this was classic. And it's the exact reason why I ask this question because it always catches the entrepreneur a little off guard and I always get different answers. Some people say, John, every day I have an I've made it moment. Others say, John, I will never have an I've made it moment. And for me, I just really stress the Fire Nation. It's so important to enjoy the journey. And when you hit milestones in life, which we all hit as entrepreneurs, if we're driving forward, if we're working hard, you need to appreciate those moments and just enjoy them for what they are. Jason, what's your thought on the journey? I'm glad you framed it that way because I think it's easy to get, especially if you're like me and you're, you're constantly moving the bar a little bit further down the road, it's hard to remember to stop and enjoy where you are and enjoy that journey. Uh, it's, it's, it's easy to get lost in the minutia of what's next, what's next, what's next, and never stopping and going, hey man, I worked my off the last, I mean, think about this. Okay, just for me personally, um, and this probably doesn't have a big impact on other people, but just as a microcosm of what it might look like for someone. In the past two years, I have uh, actually, let me go back another year. In the past three and a half years, I've started my own business. I've built it to the point that I acquired two other agencies as part of my business. Um, I handed that business off to a trusted business partner who is growing it in in uh, not quite exponential form yet, but will probably be exponential at some point uh, into uh, a stratosphere of success that I never thought imaginable for my business. I've written and published two books, and not not self-published on my blog. I've written two books that have been published by an actual publisher. Um, I've gone from being asked to, to be on panels at a couple of conferences to being paid, um, you know, fairly good money to go and speak at conferences. All of this has happened in, th in three or four years for me. And so, if I didn't take a couple of seconds now and then to step back and go, "Damn, dude, things are good." You know, I, I would, I would, I would probably alienate all of the people around me that have helped me get to that point. Um, my wife, my children, uh, Kat French, who is my operations manager here, who I brought with me from Social Media Explorer and who worked for me back at Doe Anderson. The people that have helped me get to where I am uh, are the ones that you uh, that you alienate if you don't stop and go, hey, you know what? Good job. 
good job by me, good job by you, good job by the team. We're doing some good stuff here and we need to celebrate that. So whether it's, you know, taking a half day off, whether it's taking your staff out to lunch, whether it's, you know, taking, you know, buying your wife something cool or taking your kids on a cool vacation, you've got to be able to step back every now and then and say, you know what, success comes in increments. It's not a big pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So let's celebrate those increments along the way so that the journey is very satisfying. Jason, my fire challenge to you is at some point in the next three months, I want you to kick back, put your feet up on your desk, rip a cigar open, and then just have some bourbon. You, you, you're going you're gonna to see that happen because I'm 40 next month. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to celebrate 40 with a, a big cigar and a nice glass of bourbon, and I might even light one up. Uh, well, I probably can't light one up at work, but um, I, I might light one up in, a, in an inconspicuous place and <laughs> yell at me about putting out the cigar. I don't care. I love it, Jason. And we're going to use that now to transition to your current business or just your current mindset because you have so many exciting things going on right now. Cafe Press, Social Media Explorer, you name it, you're doing exciting things. Pull out one thing for Fire Nation that's really exciting you right now. You know, the, I think the, the one thing that is really lighting my fire right now is trying to figure out, and this is my challenge, current challenge here at Cafe Press, trying to figure out how uh, a big e-commerce online retailer that has been extremely successful uh, since it, its founding in, in 1999, uh, figuring out how to integrate the world of e-commerce and, and, and online retail and the world of social marketing and social business. How can we integrate social into the online shopping experience in a compelling way. Some people have tried, oh, okay, you can share this deal on Facebook. Well, those are little tactical executions. What I'm trying to figure out is how do we really um, incorporate this sense of community and sense of sharing and enthusiasm for just being customers of a company, uh, not just Cafe Press, but any company. How do we find that put our finger on that pulse and empower that community to turn around and say, you need to come and be a part of what we are over here because this is a cool place to be. Um, that's a significant challenge. And I don't know that in the e-commerce space, anybody has done it in a compelling way. So I'm trying to figure out big problems uh, or really not problems, big opportunities in the world of online retail and social marketing. And and that challenges me because those two, uh, a lot of people would say those two worlds are like oil and water. I'm trying to figure out how to make them, uh, make a really good olive oil out of them. <laughs> nice analogy. And Jason, thank you for sharing with Fire Nation what's exciting you and your vision of turning that excitement into fruition. It's just really powerful stuff. And we're going to use that energy to move into my favorite part of the show, the lightning rounds. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? No pressure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was holding you, Jason, back from becoming an entrepreneur? Fear. Um, fear of, am I going to be able to pay my mortgage? And am I, am I going to be able to support my kids? Um, and quite frankly, when I left Doe Anderson, um, the day after I left, I was scared to death. Uh, that I was going to fail. Um, and But at the same time, I took the plunge. Uh, I had one client kind of in my back pocket, so I knew I wasn't going to completely fail, at least in the short term. But I knew I had a lot of work to do to be able to be successful. Uh, but that fear, I think, is what drove me in the first probably nine months of my, of my business. I had to figure out how to build a consistent revenue stream so that I could feed my kids. 
And on that note, Jason, if you're an entrepreneur out there that's about to make that leap and you're not feeling fear, then something's wrong because that is exactly what happens to every entrepreneur when they make that leap. It just ignites that fire. It gets that adrenaline going. It's that natural, innate survival mechanism that makes sure that we have that extra drive to make things happen. Absolutely. Jason, what's the best business advice you ever received? Wow. The best business advice I've ever received. Um, I think I'll have to go back to Bill Samuels Jr., who was the CEO of Maker's Mark when I worked with him. Um, He was big on personality and understanding what makes people tick from a personality standpoint. And he basically gave some negative feedback to uh, someone in a meeting one time. And the person said, well, Bill, you don't have to get upset about it. I'm blah, blah, blah. And Bill interrupted him and said, wait a minute. I'm not upset. This has nothing to do with emotion. This is an honest assessment of that idea, or it's not a criticism of you. It's a criticism of that idea. So I think in understanding people's personalities and how they intermingle with one another and understanding that you can be critical of an idea without being critical of the person, uh, that has really made communicating in the workplace a lot smarter for me. I love that. And that just is another lesson for entrepreneurs. You can't be married to an idea. You have to be willing to be flexible and to take feedback and criticism and to get that product out there and to pivot as need be. It's such an important aspect that successful entrepreneurs definitely have. Jason, if you could only choose two websites to obtain all the information needed to succeed, what would they be and why? Goodness gracious, that's a Incredible. Um, I think in in the context of what I do, I think I would choose Internet Retailer uh, as one because it's a world that I have yet to master and I need to uh, for my current role. And I think in terms of marketing smarts, I would go with Marketing Profs. Uh, because it is absolutely a fantastic community of incredibly smart people. has a little bit of a B2B lean, um, but there's certainly good B2C stuff there too. Uh, but there's a wide range of smarts available on that website, and it's a really, really good resource for people. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with Fire Nation? Um, well, I definitely use Evernote, and it's it's hard for me to to cope without Evernote because it is uh, it's absolutely uh, you know where I track everything from what I do with my business to um, you know blog ideas that I want to jot down and keep later. Plus, you know the mobile app is awesome. But I think if I had to uh, throw out one other, I cannot tell you how many times Dropbox has saved my ass. <laughs> You know, having having cloud-based uh, file storage and being able to access those files on any computer anywhere. And then, you know, I, I literally uh, three months ago had the hard drive on my laptop crash. Oof. And had I had all those files and documents on that laptop not synced with Dropbox, I would have been dead in the water. Uh, because there was nothing anybody could do to save the hard drive. It was gone. I had to have it completely replaced. Uh, but you know, all but about three or four video files that I had sitting on the desktop on that particular computer uh, were saved because of Dropbox. And so it's, it's a utility I can't live without. If you could recommend one book for Fire Nation, what would it be? Besides my own. Um, <laughs> which, which will be linked up in the show notes. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, no bullshit social media has a lot of context for people and, and a lot of advice for people, uh, in this world. But I, I think if I had to recommend a book in all fairness, a, a book, uh, besides my own, 
Uh, God, that's tough because there's so many good ones out there. But I will tell you this: if you if you are not yet sort of um, in, in encumbered and inundated with social media marketing, digital marketing, public relations understanding, um, David Meerman Scott's book, The New Rules of Marketing and PR, which is now I think in its third edition, um, so it's it's a few years old. But that book is. Uh, has been invaluable to me in handing it off to clients who need to have a better understanding of sort of the new world of social media, digital marketing, uh, and how it's changed from the traditional. Um, if you're a traditionalist or you're an MBA and all you've been really taught is the traditional way of doing things, uh, The New Rules of Marketing and PR by David Meerman Scott is a powerful, powerful read. So Jason, this is going to be the last question, but it's my favorite Tricky, so take your time, digest, and then come back at Fire Nation with an amazing answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Oh, wow. A laptop and $500, and I didn't know anybody. My goodness, that is an incredible question. All right, here's what I would do. I would take that $500. I would buy a premium uh, membership to LinkedIn. Um, I would uh, fill out my profile. I would, you know, if I you know, connect my blog or go create a blog and connect the blog and the Twitter and all that good stuff, and I would take that $500 and I would invest it uh, for a year's worth of uh, premium account on LinkedIn, and I would devote myself a couple hours a day to writing personal one-on-one -on -one letters with anybody I could find that was related to my field so that I could grow my network. Because if you don't have a network of people that you can trust, that you can bounce ideas off of, that you can reach out to when you've got something to promote, et cetera, et cetera, you don't have a lot in the world we live in. And I can't tell you how much value and revenue I've derived from LinkedIn and my LinkedIn contacts over the course of the last four or five years. Um, you know, without it, I would have probably had to have jumped back into the corporate world a long time ago. Man, that was actionable advice, Jason. And you've given us incredible actionable advice this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then share with us how we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Best, best advice I've ever gotten. Never look up with your mouth open. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> and I'm on Twitter at Jason Falls. I'm also Jason Falls on most social networks, LinkedIn, so on and so forth. Um, Facebook, of course. Um, and the uh, blog where I share marketing thoughts and whatnot is socialmediaexplorer.com. Um, and I have a personal blog too, but that's rather irrelevant. But if you want to read my funny stories and see how I make fun of my family, it's fallsoffrocker.com. <laughs> Jason, thank you for being so generous with your time, with your expertise, and with your experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, John. Fire Nation, do you have a product or service that you would like to share with the 100,000 plus unique downloads a month Entrepreneur on Fire generates? Chris Brogan did, and when he sponsored an episode, he saw great results. If you'd like to have 15 seconds at the top of one of our shows to share your product or message, go to www.sponsoreofire.com to find out more. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com your daily dose of inspiration.
Prepare to ignite.